0: Welcome to Health Currents Radio. I'm Ellen Goldsmith, your host. This show is all about transforming your life through your health. We're going to meet people who've done that, give you the resources to work on it, and share information that inspires and motivates you to make positive changes in your life. My passion is health, and it's what I've done for over 30 years. Thank you to our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic located in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. Ken Gordon is a chef, restaurateur, and a person who's transformed his life and health after a routine physical checkup with a naturopathic physician revealed that he had metabolic syndrome. That's obesity, high blood pressure, high LDL, low-density lipids, Cholesterol and triglycerides, low HDL, which is the good cholesterol, and high blood sugar, and type 2 diabetes. It was a rude awakening. Ken Gordon is someone who took a childhood love of good food and turned it into a widely traveled and wide ranging career as a chef. He was a chef at well known New York City restaurants as well as opening a number of acclaimed restaurants of his own. In Portland, Oregon, where he now lives, Mr. Gordon has opened a number of successful trend setting restaurants. He is well known for the artisan wood-smoked pastrami he produces each week, as well as Kenny and Zook's Delicatessen in downtown Portland. Kenny and Zook's has attracted national attention and awards as one of the nation's best practitioners of the lost art of Jewish delicatessen. For over a year, he regularly chronicled his journey to health in a weekly news column, Diary of a Diabetic Chef in the Oregonian. Ken Gordon, welcome to Health Currents Radio.
1: Thank you. you. You forgot that I was also diagnosed as a curmudgeon too, and they couldn't oh. do anything about that part. So.
0: <laughs> that part you have to live with for the <laughs> right. rest of your life. Well, yeah, my <laughs>
1: wife has to live with pretty much.
0: <laughs> so it must have taken you a while to get to that place. Diabetes and metabolic syndrome doesn't just happen overnight. No,
1: not at all. And, and that's and that's part of you know that's part of the problem is that it really kind of creeps up in you and slow you know slowly, and then all of a sudden you wake up and you've got this diagnosis, and it's like. Uh oh, you know, what do I do?
0: Well, how would you get there?
1: How did I get to the point where I had all this stuff? Yeah. Um, Cuz you know, I'm sure there are a lot I mean, of people out there. I I I love, you know, I love food. I mean, it's it's it's, you know, it's our national epidemic and and uh, I love food and and uh you know, I've always been active, but obviously not active enough and and um, you know, you you sort of trade a busy uh, professional life for a uh for an aerobic one and um, <laughs> you know, you uh you you kind of you kind of think you're healthy because you know you, there's different measures of health there's the there's the not getting sick and not missing work kind of health where it's like you kind of take that for granted and you go oh you know I must be healthy and then all of a sudden you actually get examined and they tell you what's wrong with you and what you could be doing different and you go I'm not so healthy and and you know I got to that point in that office that day where all of a sudden I realized you know hadn't been sick in years except for the occasional cold and woke up now to this diagnosis, where it was like well, this is like potentially life threatening, and and certainly quality of life threatening.
0: Absolutely, I mean, diabetes uh, is uh, I think number seven on the list of dying from. Sure. Yeah. And the complications in terms of oh, yeah. uh, risks of heart disease, uh, amputations, Absolute. blindness, yeah. all these things mm-hmm. that come with diabetes.
1: Having to give up bacon, you know, that kind of
0: stuff. <laughs> Well, that's a nice Jewish boy from <laughs> Bayside, Queens. That shouldn't be such a big problem. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but in terms of food, I mean, mm-hmm. y- you know, you're around food all the yeah. time, and yeah. um, there is this epidemic too of people this irregular eating that right. occurs all over. So, right.
1: well, I eat pretty regularly. I just eat too regularly, <laughs> like I all mean, the time. I mean, that was that was that's part of the 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 problem. Uh, it, you know, I once I st- sort of started attacking this problem. I, I kind of like did a, a little bit of an accounting of my of my strengths and weaknesses and ability to deal with it. And, you know, chefs are – the strengths of chefs are that they're, they tend to be um, very driven, very um, organized, very multi – you know, multi, the ultimate multitaskers probably. Right. Um, and very disciplined. And and I know food. You know, I, I can look at something and say that's three ounces, you know, and, that, and, and I know about what the nutritional value is. And that's the positives. The negatives is obviously I'm around it all day. The temptations, right. especially at the deli, and you know chefs tend to eat you know like forty meals a day. You know little bites of this and little bites of that, which isn't necessarily a bad way to eat. You know you're moving around, you're taking a nosh. It's, it's you know you're kind of working it off as you go along. The problem is is that the noshes are like butter and foie gras, and it's not like you're taking a little bit of celery. You know, right? So. You know, I, I've i had this, I've been a chef for 36 years and you just kind of don't really think about that until you get a diagnosis like this and, and start thinking about, you know, what do I do about this?
0: So, you know, any food we eat regularly, we start to develop a fondness for. Sure. It. So when you're you're tasting all these rich foods, yeah, you, you know, it becomes a habit and it becomes something that you're so used to that it must have taken a really uh, kind of, you know, the velocity that you had to use to kind of shift that. So you know, what did you shift?
1: I, I, you know, I mean, right away off, you know, I mean, literally two hours after I kind of a few woe is me's and, and that, um, I just started to think about what I was eating all the time. And, and um, and you know, I really didn't, I mean, I I kind of gave, uh, initially, I I kind of gave up, really went cold turkey on refined carbs and sugars and things like that. I, you know, I used to eat a bagel a day and we have great bagels, but, um, that's, that was a commercial, but, um, <laughs> <Allowed>. <laughs>
0: yeah, um
1: but, you know, and, you know, thought nothing of it. I used to have, you know, um, you know, um, a, a Coke or a root beer with lunch or, you know, and the, and the other thing too, is that I would really wasn't careful about balancing. And, and so, I'd have, you know, bacon and eggs and potatoes and a bagel for breakfast and then I'd have a cheeseburger for lunch and then I'd have, you know, whatever, you know, I just didn't think about, I thought about it as a meal at a time, like I think most people do. And so right away from the, from the start, I just stopped eating some of the bad stuff, you know, but I didn't really give up, you know, I, I mean, I, again, I love bacon and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I'd have with Sunday breakfast, I'd have, you know, six pieces. So now I had one or two, mm-hmm. and I'd have it way less often. And I'd still eat a cheeseburger, but I'd eat a smaller one and skip the skip the toppings and not have fries with it and have a salad with it. You know, those kinds of adjustments. Um, interestingly enough, Dr. Milner, my, my naturopath who you know, um, the, one of the first things he did was that he put me on a pedometer, and he said, with your walking, because I started walking three to four miles a day, and I've always walked. I grew up in New York City, and I've walked constantly, and Portland's a little not quite the same. So the first, when I went on this pedometer, he said, I'd like to see you without, with your walking at 10,000 steps a day. So the first two days that I measured it, by 7 o'clock in the morning, without the walking, just my normal routine, I was at 10,000, 11,000 steps already. And he turns to me and says... What were you eating that before that this much walking and activity was not shedding the pounds? Right. So I did some calculations, and, and you know, I was starting to try to get onto a 2,000-calorie-a-day $2, um, diet, and I used to be on, like, four, you mm-hmm. know, and wasn't walking. And, you know, so right. it was just those kinds of adjustments. And that's kind of the message that I've tried to get through the columns. And when I talk to people is that, look, you know— you love food. So, you you know, giving up, trying to go on a diet, and it's the problem with most rigid diets is that they take away all the stuff that you like to eat. And so people get on these diets and it's like they're gung-ho and they lose 12 pounds in the first week and a half. And then they go off the diet and they put on 14, right. you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I work with people for, you know, over 30 years on food. And that's definitely this this idea of deprivation, you know, that you're going to be deprived of something. But what about the idea and what about the reality is that tastes can change. Sure. And so how have your tastes changed? Um,
1: you know, it's interesting. I I, I don't know if my ch- my tastes have changed as much as I think that before when I just really just kind of thoughtless and, and, you know, I ate whatever I wanted to. You know, mm-hmm. and I had a fast metabolism. But still, that does catch up with you, especially as you get older. Um, and, you know, I... I I wanted ice cream, I had ice cream. I wanted a cheeseburger, I had cheeseburger. I wanted foie gras, I had foie gras. And now I'm thinking about it. Not only am I thinking about it, but I'm planning the meal before it and after it because of what I'd be eating. And because I'm not eating these things, like now, instead of eating a bagel Every day, I'm eating one a week or one every two weeks, and it's a treat. Mm-hmm. So it tastes better, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's a it could, that, that could be a major rationalization right there. Yeah. But it works for me, and you know, it's it's my I think my palate and just my diet in general was pretty jaded before, and now when I have something like a cheeseburger once in a while or whatever, it's like this tastes really good, and I look forward to it. So I think from that standpoint, it's been really positive and not that hard.
0: Right. So, I mean, what strikes me is there are lots of people like you out there. yes. And you've probably really, um, people really resonate because people, like I said, they don't really want to, quote, give up. I don't think of it that way. I mean, I love vegetables and I don't eat cheeseburgers, but, you know, I, but if you look at what I grew up on, which was New York City, food, Jewish food, rich food, it was really different. Mm -hmm. And somehow, you know, over the years, my tastes have changed, and I'm really happy with a pretty plant-based diet with meat very, very, And that's very your canned. rationalization. And that
1: works for you. No, but that but works it does. for you. I but mean, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah. And
0: I think what, what's, what we're bringing up here right. is that it's really important to find your own way. Absolutely. And, but you can't find your own way by being mindless. You right. really have to pay attention. Right. Right. right.
1: And I think that's the same thing with, you know, just healthcare and health and your body and healthcare in general. It's like, look, you know, w- once I started, once I got diagnosed and started looking into this, because again, I was not very conscious about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, especially when I started writing the articles, you know, I, I did some research and I looked on the web about diabetes, about health, about weight, about all of this stuff. And oh my God, there is. Just so much stuff out there, and and part of the trick is trying to winnow out the garbage from the real stuff. But there's a lot of good real stuff out there. I mean, you go to some of these websites, and there is you know incredible information. Right, and I think that basically you know what you need to do is you need to become an expert on your se- on your own body and your own health and your own diet, and then be able to make these judgments about what works for you. And, you know, the the problem with doctors is they they tend to have a one-size-fits-all. And what I'm really enjoying with Dr. Milner is that he spends the time and talks to me and finds out what's going on with you and what are you eating these days and what's your stress level and Mm how are things with your kids. And, you know, those are all pretty strong elements in your health. And this kind of one-size-fits-all, you know, and it's not – I don't blame the doctors. It's the system. It's the insurance companies. It's the HMOs. It's – you know, it's it's a it's a tough world to make it right now, and try to give individual attention. Right. And I and I think that you know you have to take control of this. And if you're if you're you know, had I gone to a doctor and been diagnosed with that, I probably would have been on pharmaceuticals within oh, minutes.
0: Metformin. There and you go. Metformin <laughs> and
1: statins and right. all that stuff. Exactly. And still be on them or had a hard time getting off them right. would not have made the progress I was. And there are people who have to be on drugs. There are you know there are. There are a lot of cases where this is a necessity, but I think it's a conversation you need to have with your doctor or whoever you're seeing and say, okay, do I have to be? And if I do, is there an end game? You know, do I get off of them at some point? Do I need to be on all of these and at that kind of dose? And what about stress and and activity and diet and how much of a a place can that play in this in this in this game. And mm-hmm. if your doctor is not willing to have that conversation with you, get another doctor.
0: I think that's a really important point because you know, well, you know I know just practicing Chinese medicine and working with naturopathic physicians in my clinic. and you know, over the years you need to find someone who's really willing to help you because changing the way we eat is not easy. No, no. We're attached to it uh, emotionally. We're attached to it culturally, We're attached to it socially, we're attached to it physiologically, because we do. You know, it's been shown like, you know, salt, sugar, and fat are kind of addicting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the food industry has been developed in a way to really create processed foods so that we want that and we want more. So but we need all those, we need fat. The fat is good for our nervous system. It's good for our development. Um, salt is a regulator in the body. Sugar and sweetness helps us calm down. It helps our Children really need a sweet flavor to help them grow, well, and there's nothing wrong with a big
1: piece of chocolate layer cake, but think about <laughs> it. You know, don't you know, don't have it because you have to have it or need it. Have it because this is a choice you're making today. And I'm going to have that for dessert. And that's great. And because I'm having that for dessert, I'm going to eat a light breakfast tomorrow or I'm going to compensate for it somehow. And it's about balance. Right. You know, it's not about deprivation.
0: It is. And I think um, it's important, like for someone like you who's been around food Mm -hmm. and very, you know, you're schooled in food and cooking, you know, you know what's out there. So, but there are a lot of people um, and, you know, for our listeners who may not like know that they actually have different kinds of options. I mean- to you to expand, you know, trying something new. Right. You know, trying a new one new vegetable a week, right. you know.
1: Well, and then and then there's the whole question of time and, and you know, right. it's like look, if you're really going to take control of your diet and and think about it and, and plan it better, you're gonna have to be involved probably in some small way in the preparation of it. Absolutely. And you know, who has time to cook these days? Well, you do. You know, there are to- there are things and I the classes that I'm teaching at the at the naturopathic college, you know, we do it's food it's a food as medicine series which I kind of kicked off and like one one of the, you know, the classes are not this isn't like oh, here's all these wonderful things that I'm preparing that, you know, there's you know, you look at these cooking shows, it's like I'm never going to make that. That's ridiculous. And what I'm trying to get across is this is stuff you can make. This is stuff you can make fast. Right. This is stuff you can make fast with something that you can pick up quickly. The last class I did was called The Perfect Pantry. And basically was what it was was like here, I did a shopping trip to to the supermarket and bought all of these great condiments and stuffs and, and sardines and, and pastas and all of this stuff, and here's like six things that will take you – 10 minutes to make a nutritious, filling meal, sometimes two meals out of it that you can do really fast, uh, do ahead or do it like just have this stuff on hand all the time. And, you know, it's great. And people really responded. It's like, wow, I can make this, you know, this healthy meal really quickly. And it's not health food. It's delicious, but it's also satisfying. And it's, but it's good for you.
0: Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, it takes – anytime you're learning something new, it takes a little bit of extra time.
1: You ever hear anybody play the violin, too? I mean, it's like you can't listen to them for 10 years. Hey,
0: <laughs> even learning how to use an iPhone takes some time, uh, yeah, you know what, what I mean? Right. And downloading your thing. So what if you took 20 minutes away from surfing the web and cooked? Right. You know, it's a matter of where do we allocate our time, where does our time get lost? Right. And there's no better investment in in your health than taking ownership of your food. And it's
1: also a social thing. It could be fun. I mean, oh, cutting is, is really fun once you get over the you know the the fear of you know cutting yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So it's really a skill that needs to be taught mm-hmm. early. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember taking home economics, and they don't teach it anymore. And they really, really, really should. Right. You know. So how do you feel? Are you feeling differently than you felt when you, even though you weren't feeling sick when you first? Oh no, I feel way better and how?
1: I'm, um, more energy. Um, I need less sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a. I mean, I don't. I, I don't think I've had as much of a sniffle in a year and a half. Um, I getting I mean, my. I mean, my my jeans are six six inches and in, went from a thirty eight waist to a thirty two waist. So I like I like dressing better. I feel like I look better yeah um, I mean, I look great for sixty eight don't i
0: you
1: i'm, I'm fifty eight <laughs> um, but yeah, i mean just he does look uh, great and, by the way so I think food tastes <laughs> i think uh food tastes better, and again, that may just be a, a psychological thing, but you know that's fine too and, right. and uh um yeah, I think just about in every way I'm just feeling great and and more energy and walking all the time. I walk everywhere now i mean i walk you know we go to a movie from home to downtown it's three and a half miles we walk you know
0: it's not bad you no. Know, that's good, and what about stress? I mean, I know that you know when we change our diet and you know we feel healthier, there's a different what stress
1: I own three restaurants oh you have, have no any, stress, have stress. <laughs>
0: it's like you have forty thousand children <laughs> um, um,
1: I, I think I'm like my dad actually I think um I think when it comes to stress, I'm a carrier mm-hmm. It's like I give other people stress. I don't get stressed out so. okay, so you don't carry <laughs> um I you know i I think I've it's hard to say. I think. I think I've. I've kind of. I don't. I haven't really done a whole lot to, for stress reduction. But I think just this whole process. Even though I'm kind of busier, mm-hmm. but I think just. I mean, f- getting a lot more physical exercise will help with stress. And just not. Um, I've never really stressed out about food. I'm very kind of French that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I don't I tend to, I tend. don't think I feel a lot of stress. I don't, I don't think my stress level is really high. And my blood pressure has come way down with this whole thing. Right. So,
0: so there's yeah. an increased resiliency you have I probably. So. I mean, if you feel better and you have increased stress on you, meaning having more yeah. restaurants, which is more stress, right. you know, and you're able to handle it, then right. that's a really, really good I, sign. I think you
1: create a cycle, you know, mm-hmm. of a, a cycle of, you know, I think most people are in... It's it. There's kind of an epidemic of a, of a cycle of 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 bad health or ill health mm-hmm. these days, and and with obesity and diabetes and all of that stuff. And I think what you're trying to do is really just turn that around and, and create a new cycle towards towards good health. And it's not like you have to necessarily do follow follow these exact steps. You, you know, you find again, you find what works for you. But I think that's it's really just kind of turning that around. And I think once you do, you kind of find you're on this road where. Thing, it's, it starts coming easier. You know, it's not that difficult.
0: Right. I mean, but you've had this little kind of uh, shadow at your back, which is, you know, the shadow at your back is, hey, you had diabetes. Yeah. Hey, you've got metabolic syndrome. Hey, yeah. this is dangerous. You don't want to go back there. And you don't want to go back there. So it's kind of like, you know, you've had to kind of stay ahead of the, the mm-hmm. game a well, little I'm bit. Well, I'm
1: also writing about it for like 600,000 people circulation in right. the Oregonian. So, which has been kind of cool because it's like, I don't really want to go back to the re- to the readers and write. Oh, you know, I you I, know gained twenty I pounds slipped. back. <laughs> I slip. You know, it's yeah. It really kind of keeps me honest. You know, so, so a lot of incentive,
0: right? So we're coming back to this whole concept that you have to pay attention.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely.
0: You know, you yeah. really. I mean, if you want to change and you can't make a huge big change, or you don't want to make the big big change, mm-hmm. and you want to do it incrementally, mm-hmm. you have to always pay attention.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, and I think you get to a point where you it it. It becomes ingrained in your everyday life and Absolutely. It's, and, it, and it doesn't become this kind of thing that you have to consciously watch all the time. It's like you make these choices you know, and you you know you're you're on a walk and you're you know I walk all the time now, and I love walking I always have and mm-hmm. and you know you're walking and it's like oh you know there's there's a pizza place on my right, and they have really good slices. And I'm just going to walk right by it because <laughs> that—if I have that slice, it's going to kind of undo this whole walk. You know, right. I mean, what did I do this for? Right. You know, so I, I just those things start to become automatic. They start becoming becoming part of your life, and and it, and it really it gets to a point where it's not that difficult. You know, and like you know, like for you, I mean, it's I, it's not that difficult to choose a salad over a cheeseburger. It may have but, been at one time or at the beginning, but yeah, you know it's it's long. not now because that's right. the way you live.
0: But I think that says too that, and you're you're expressing it as well that when you really make these changes mm-hmm. and they're yours, mm-hmm. and they and you found your way, that it's it becomes part of you, and it's not so much. Um, Oh, you know, uh, struggle. Mm-hmm. It's it's a choice, and the choice isn't even that charged. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, not at all. Like oh, yeah. like there's pizza. I don't really need it. You know, yeah. I don't really want it. Um, but you
1: also have to relax about it too, and yeah. say that hey. I can have that piece of pizza once in a while or a cheeseburger. It's if like, you really want it. It's just a choice, you know, and, and if I'm if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make some other choices that are going to make that easier on my system or make it so that it's, you know, it's not going, I'm not going back into this cycle. You right. Know? I'm just enjoying myself and, and, and that's okay, you know.
0: I mean, I always say to my patients, they say, look, if you really want that thing, Have the best.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have the best chocolate. Have the best meat. Have the best... My father lost a bunch of weight when I was a little kid, and he went to a diet doctor or whatever they called him back then. Right. And that was exactly what he told him. He says, it's okay to have a donut. Have one and find the best one that you can afford or whatever and have that. And that's okay. Right. Just don't eat the whole box, which is what he used to do.
0: (laughs) He and my stepmother would have had a good time. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So... In closing, a sure. couple of things I wanted to ask you. If you could uh incite, induce, uh express, uh, cajole our listeners to take charge of their health and their eating, what would you say to them?
1: Um hmm. I think it's just, you know, do just sit down and make a list and think about your habits, you know, and what you do and what you eat and you know, there's um, one of the first things, one of the early things that I did to help me with this was I went onto to one of those um, those little diet. It was myfitnesspal.com. There's a bunch of them. I just picked the one that was the most popular app on right. Apple, you know, whatever. Um, and start like, you know, and, and I'm not on that anymore because I, I kind of know the routine and I don't think it has to be something that you stay on. But getting, getting you going into this to take a running start, start documenting what you're eating every day and look at it. You know, and look at, and it has this automatic thing where it takes your activity and how many calories you're burning, and right. trans, you know, you're going to lose this much a week or whatever, and you know, start with that, and 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 see, you know, just just to see where you are, and and it can be pretty eye opening, you know, it's like what am what am I consuming in a day, you know, and. And then just also just relax about it. I think Americans have so many hangups around food yeah. and, and eating disorders. It's a very American thing. Right. And I lived in, in France for two and a half years, and they don't have that same problem. They talk about the French diet, but part of the French diet is just it's relaxing about food. It's enjoying it. It's, it's, ha- it's making it a social thing. It's right. It's two hours with lunch and a glass of wine. And they don't overeat, and they don't stress about food. And that whole thing about stressing about food is so damaging, I
0: think. Yeah. So I mean I think you w- to wrap up what you're saying, you're saying, you know, start paying attention, mm-hmm. look at it, and relax mm-hmm. and anything else?
1: Yeah, and don't don't worry so much. I mean, don't don't feel like you have to stay on this track every day. You know, just start thinking about the routine and start trying to find something that works for you. And and it's gonna work for you and, and no matter what anybody else you know teach tells you and 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 try to enlist your friends and other and your loved ones because that's a lot of support, and then you'd be so amazed at how much they'll go, "Oh yeah, well, let's do this together, or this will be great, exactly. or I've been telling you this for years, you know yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so really, support is a mm-hmm. key. I mean, you had Dr. Milner who was I there. I had all the readers of the Oregon. And you had all the readers there <laughs> that you were a support group. Find people great. to find a good support group. Yeah. So I know that you're going to be teaching some more food as uh-huh. medicine classes yeah. at the National College of Natural Medicine here in Portland, Oregon. Can yeah. you want to tell us or do you have dates for them? Uh,
1: I don't, but but Susan keeps pressing me to, to <laughs> come up with them for the fall. I'm taking a trip in in, in September, so i um, probably October. I was doing them the last um, Wednesday of every month, mm-hmm. so that it might be like that, like the last Tuesday or Wednesday of every month, starting in in um, in um, October. October. And um, the the I did three so far. One was um, the cooking of the South of France or French French cooking, but healthy French cooking. Yes. And then the the perfect pantry one, and then I did one on Asian Asian food and real quick like stir fries and things. Oh, fantastic! So you know, real accessible, real kind of like, and, mm-hmm. and it was. It was the participation, too. So I had 20 students, and I basically would give hand them a knife and some garlic and, and some Band-Aids and, <laughs> and um, you know, have them all do stuff while I kind of floated around acting like, God, you
0: know, like, God.
1: Um, and then we just all ate together. So they're great. So yes. um, I, I'll get those to Susan pretty soon. Um,
0: so people should go to... We they should
1: go to the, the National College, College of nothing so, medicine is which that right? The, yes, which is the uh, website, website. Yeah. which is
0: ncnm.edu, right. and go to community. Right,
1: and, and then look for classes. And mine, um, the series that I've been teaching is called Food is Medicine.
0: Yeah, Food right. is, medicine. There's, food is there, medicine. There is another series there called Food as Medicine Every ah, Day. Okay, which is an out uh, outgrowth of the All Echo right. Ending Childhood Obesity. And product. you know
1: that whole thing about about food is medicine or food as medicine is that. You know, it's, it's a lot about what you're eating, but it just as much, and I think maybe more so about how you eat, you know, and, and just that's so important. You know, right. your attitude towards food is, is I think, everything. And then, it doesn't, and then it doesn't matter that much what you're eating, really, because you've got the, the mindset about, about, you know, being careful and, 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 you know, enjoying it, but just balancing
0: yeah, balancing and really being connected to mm-hmm. what you eat because no matter what you eat, if you're mindless about it, it's probably going to just hang out in your body somewhere. But if you really enjoy and it, it and it's a lot
1: easier if you're if you're cooking it too and help and helping with the preparation than just kind of you know because you go into a cart or going to a restaurant, right. you kind of don't always know, and it's really easy to overindulge.
0: It is overindulging. Anyway, Ken, this has been fantastic. Sure. Ken Gordon uh, from. Kenny and Zook's Delicatessen here in Portland, Oregon, and author of Diary of a Diabetic Chef with the Oregonian. They're calling
1: it Formerly now.
0: Formerly. Diary of a Formerly. formerly Diabetic diabetic Chef, because we forgot to say, you are no longer diabetic. Uh, Evidently, yeah. And your- The numbers are all out of that range. Blood pressure's down Mm -hmm. and high cholesterol's down. Mm -hmm. So people out there, really, I think this is a great call to action to- Enjoy food and start making some changes to keep your health or reverse your health problems. Thank you so much for being with us today. No problem, thank you. Diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States, and Ken Gordon reversed his diabetes. So we know that changing health conditions is very doable, but sometimes not so easy, changing the way we eat. If we've been brought up in a certain way, we have certain cultural attachments, social attachments, It's not so easy to make those changes, but we can look at it as a great adventure, and it's best shared with others. So I wanted to talk about some things that you can do and just wrap up our conversation that we had with Ken Gordon, owner of Kenny and Zook's Delicatessen and author of the column in The Oregonian, Diary of a Formerly Diabetic Chef. First and foremost, start to pay attention. Pay attention to what you're eating, how you're eating. Are you always on the run? Do you sit down to eat? do you enjoy your food? Do you feel good after eating? Do you have a lot of guilt around food? Are you eating regularly? Or as Ken said, are you eating too regularly? Is there variety in your food? Or are you just attached to the same thing or same kind of taste over and over and over again? How about your stress? When you're stressed out, do you eat? What are you eating when you're stressed out? These are just some things you can think about to start to learn about yourself and your own habits. Next, you want to get support. And I think what Ken said about having this shadow of diabetes at his back and feeling responsible to his readers in the Oregonian really kept him on task. So you want to get support, and you can get it from a healthcare provider, such as a naturopathic physician, a medical doctor, or any healthcare provider, acupuncturist, nutritionist, etc., But you want the person who's going to take the time to listen to you and help you connect the dots so that you can make long-lasting changes. You can look for some type of app on your phone, if you have a smartphone or your computer, that'll help you track your caloric intake and your activity. And there are lots of them out there. Like Ken said, you can get your friends and family on board. That way you'll at least have some companions on the adventure. How about trying a cooking class? A cooking class that emphasizes a healthier type of cooking. Maybe you don't even know how to cook vegetables so they taste good. Well, why don't you look for a class that teaches about cooking vegetables? Try to expand your abilities. Try to expand your taste and your repertoire of things. We all can get bored with our cooking or the food we eat. So cooking classes are a great way to do that and a great way to be with other people and be social and make new friends as well. People who are interested in the same thing that you're interested in, which is getting healthier and learning how to cook that way. How about trying something new? How about a new vegetable a week or a new grain? Let's say you've never eaten whole grains. Trying a new grain a week. Quinoa, amaranth, millet, uh, corn, polenta, brown rice, sweet brown rice. All these kinds of grains are really delicious and can be utilized in lots of different ways. How about moving your body? You've got to move your body. There's no way to health without it. Getting a pedometer really will help you stay on track. It'll give you immediate feedback on your activity level, aiming for 10,000 steps at minimum each day. It really has been shown that 30 minutes of walking a day will have a strong impact on your health. I hope that you have enjoyed the show and that you've taken away some things to think about and really take it seriously and and really start to pay attention and make some changes. Every small step is a step in the right direction. That is if you're walking in the right direction. (laughs) So I really like what Michael Pollan said, eat food, mostly plants, not too much. I think you can't go wrong. Move your body, feel well. And I look forward to meeting you next time on Health Currents Radio. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ellen Goldsmith. My passion is health, and it's what I've done for over 30 years. Thank you again to our sponsor, Pearl Natural Health, a naturopathic acupuncture and Chinese medicine clinic located in downtown Portland, Oregon. You can find Pearl Natural Health at pearlnaturalhealth.com. You can listen to Health Currents Radio and connect with us on communityradio.fm/healthcurrentsradio. Find us on iTunes. Download us on the mobile app Stitcher or join in the conversation at Facebook.com slash HealthCurrentsRadio. We want to know how you are transforming your life through your health. Special thanks to our fantastic audio engineer and producer, Jonah Guile Neufeld.